Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. And it's another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldridge in D.C. Waz in L.A. What's up, player? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just chilling. Just 80 degrees yesterday, D.A. We we out of the, the cold winter, the dead of winter. Love no it. more 54-degree days, man. I, I can see just nothing but sunshine and warmth um, in my future. All right, now we got to keep we can't we got to keep this under an hour today because Wiles got to talk to the Sheerans back in Brooklyn. Yes, I do. At the top of the hour about his career, I love that. Hold on, tell the, well, tell Wiles the kids what to it's the like. Kids? Oh, Wiles love the kids. Yes, talking to the kids, the kids. Oh, talking to the kids at the top of the hour, <laughs> Marcus. They they, they want to know about my career in the creative industries for Black History Month. So, oh, hold on, go. you reach there Black you History levels right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Is that is that what's going on? Oz is an icon now, Marcus. Marcus so, Thompson. So they say. So they say. I I I just need the here nor there for me. So they say. Somebody reached. Somebody who I'm cool with reached out to me. She's an administrator at a, a middle school, I believe, out in Brooklyn, and and asked me to talk about what we do. And um, just, you know, she's like, you're a younger black person who's in the creative fields. And I feel like you're very successful at it. And the kids would, you know, they would benefit from hearing your story. I was like, what? Sure. Wow. Wow, DA. Wow's on historical tip. We got, so we got Ida B. Wells. We got Dr. King. We got Garrett Morgan. And we got (laughs) Wazzy Labyrinth. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you know you won. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. (laughs) I love it. Marcus Thompson from the Bay. What's up, sir? It is, as Waz said, beautiful outside. I mean, just absolutely majestic. And I don't know if it's because we've been in this pandemic, but something about California air right now is literal therapy. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go. I am running outside when we're done doing this because it's nice today. It's a little windy out, but I don't care. I need to get outside. I mean, yes, I hear y'all. It's... It's funny. I was talking to a scout, a pro scout today. He hadn't left his house in 11 months. Can you, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> I think everybody's going crazy. Stark, what I mean, is he it's, to do it's from crazy. Like, what, what, is he Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? 11 months. It's, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. So, yeah, I believe me. I understand. You need to get out and breathe some fresh air. Please go do it if you can. Even if you just walk around the block for 10 minutes, it's better than nothing. I swear. So get outside and breathe some air if it's at all possible. But Marcus, let's talk about your your, your squad. Uh, I heard, I didn't hear what Draymond said yesterday. What did he say? Um, I know he talked yesterday. But what did he say? Uh, he, he essentially said he was, he was wrong. Uh, he used the words. I don't know where where they do this in second on Michigan, but he said, I, I was dead ass wrong. And for a second, I was like, is this, is this lost? <laughs> like who's, who's who, like, what's, what's happened here? Uh, he, he, he basically did what Draymond does. This is why people love Draymond because he is the first mm-hmm. one to go off on people. He is the one who's going to correct you. He is going to yell at you. Yeah. If you play with Draymond, you're going to hear it from Draymond. But Draymond also hears from Draymond, right? Like, he will call it mm-hmm. on himself. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did. He stood up. He said, y'all was wrong. He was like, I'm I was, I'm was, different than I was when I was 25. At 30, like, I shouldn't be doing this. 
this is unacceptable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, one of the more poignant things he said, I thought was, you know, he said he appreciated the support from his teammates, but his behavior did not warrant support. He was like, I didn't, I don't deserve y'all support. So he was, he was very contrite. He was very like, he took it on the chin. Uh, and he, he did what he needed to do to kind of move on from the situation. You know, speaking of poignant, um, from reading your piece, Marcus, about yeah. this whole thing, about do we still want Draymond around? Do y'all still want Draymond around? Um, what I thought was most fascinating is, you know, just as somebody who's been watching the Warriors throughout the years since basically the Spurs series that they barely lost, um, I always looked at Draymond as a leader, right? Like, because he is the person who's most demonstrative. He's going to say the most. Um, he plays with the most passion or outward passion anyway. You, oh, he always had something to say. Um, always. I always looked at him as a leader, but you, you, but you brought up the fact that there were guys like David West on the team who were like the big dogs, the, mm-hmm. the old heads, the level headed guys. And Draymond could go out and be the fire breathing dragon because they had those guys. But now, Draymond yeah. is the David West of this team, and he took responsibility for that. I thought that was amazing. Was, can you imagine that moment, though? I was thinking about this as I was writing that. That moment, you know, we all have that thing that we say we're going to do when we get older. Like, no matter what it is, like, man, my credit going to be together when I get to 40, or right? You know, <laughs> right. I'm going to lose this weight when I get to this point. Right. And when you wake up and realize you're at that point and it ain't done, <laughs> right? Where Draymond was like, you know what? I'm going to be like David West. I'm going to be the wise sage like Jermaine O'Neal, right? Right now, I'm going off on people. But when I get to this age, I'm going to be this person. <laughs> and then you wake up this day and it's like, uh, y'all, I'm supposed to be here by now, right? Like, so yeah. you could tell it hit him. You could tell it hit him like, wow, I got Eric Pascal and James Wiseman and all these youngsters, like, they're looking up to me. I'm supposed to be their David West. And normally, I was initially mm-hmm. thinking, like, this is Draymond. Like, he's been doing this for years. Why would he, Why? like, he ain't changing. 30 is too old to change. Yeah. But then... That you start thinking about that type of stuff, and it's like, okay, that might be the change right there. That might be the part where it's like, all right, thirty is old NBA, but it's actually pretty young. You can still learn some lessons, right? You 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 can still figure yeah, some things out. Right. So, but and Draymond always gravitated towards those guys. I don't know if you remember the story, but hmm. when he first came in, Jeremy Tyler was his vet. Jeremy Tyler was like a year older than him or two, something like that. Second round pick. Not very good, but Draymond literally denounced that dude as his vet. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you can't be my vet. Yeah. Like, nah, not you. And went, <laughs> and went under Jared Jack, right? It's always been the OGs. It's always been the old heads. It's been the guys he look up to. Like, like, like as Steve Kerr said, David West, not only he would have listened to David West, but David West literally could have picked him up and removed him from the situation, right? That person ain't there no more. <laughs> like, there's nobody reeling Draymond in. There's no there's no Jermaine O'Neal. You know what I'm saying? He grew up under those guys, mm. and now he is that guy. I, I was like, yo, that's pretty, that's pretty deep when you think about it. Like, you got a little graze in your beard. Now you got to be the wise one. Like, getting old kind of sucks sometimes. I, you know, and, and you mentioned this. I think I know where you are on this, but I, you you raised the the point of y'all still riding with Draymond. I cannot imagine Draymond Green being a more impactful player anywhere other than where he is right now. 
I just can't believe it. Like if he goes, if they traded him to Dallas or if they traded him, you know, to, to Atlanta or Miami, maybe Miami, I don't know. But I feel like this is where Draymond Green can be the best version of himself and have the most impact on the team he's playing on because of the institutional memory, because he has been part of championship organizations. I wonder what you thought. No, no question. No question. Like, could he, could he be effective somewhere else? Yeah, I'm sure. I I I I know Dame and CJ would love to my have man, him. My man, my man Nate Jones yeah, would right exactly. <laughs> my man Nate Jones would beg to differ with you. Yeah, DA. I know. I know they. I know they want. They want to have him. Like there are some teams with with offensive punch that could use Draymond, but man, like this is Draymond's DNA is in, is in that jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like what what they love about the Warriors, like he built it. So it would be. I, I don't know, man. There's a part of me that's old school still. It's like, nah, B, like Larry Bird ends with the Celtics. <laughs> like, that's this is, how, this is <laughs> right, how it goes. Right. Like, once you start winning championships, yeah. like, can you imagine Manu Ginobili in another jersey? Like, nah, that's not that's not <laughs> how it go. I, I was for the pay Kobe yeah. whatever amount. I don't care if it takes your team Absolutely. for five years. Like, when people bring exactly. you championships – you ride it out. He earned yeah, that. You ride right. it out. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, I he feel earned it. that. I feel yes. that. I mean, it's not. And I'm not saying like obviously Steph is a Hall of Famer. Like it's all around Steph. It's all around like everything is built around Steph. But this thing ain't happening without Draymond, right? So that means you got to put up with some stuff. You, you know, got to put up with it. Yeah. For me, the other part of it, from what you wrote, Marcus, that 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 stuck with me was Steve Kerr's quotes when he kept saying like the guys in that locker room love Draymond. <laughs> so like to me that's that that says everything, right? Like the people who he's at work with every day, the young guys, they look at Draymond and they love what he brings to the situation. And we you know, we've seen we've seen how toxic work environments can poison Stuff Literally anywhere, right? Like when guys, <laughs> and, and we've seen it on this team. <laughs> right, right. We've right. seen it on this team, and and for Kerr to come out and say, "Look, man, like if you want to do the cost benefit analysis, this there's no, this is not even a discussion." Yeah. Draymond Green is a big part of what we do, man. Not just because of what he does on the floor, but because the young guys buy into the type of guy that he is and they love him. And you know, the thing about Draymond that Amin always brings up, he's like, yeah, he is that crazy person. He is that fiery person. He will get in your face, but it's for the right basketball things every single time. Right? Like it's not so that it's not in service of, yo, I need to be, I'm taking 30 shots. I need to be taking 35, which is usually the case. And Draymond's case is like, no, we're not doing the right. Like, yo, basketball that wasn't the right rotation for the team. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's hilarious. You know, like, how can you, how can you argue against that? You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, we know what this is kind of all about though. Right? Like it's the fact that the dude can't score. Right. And, so part of it is why people are down on him and frustrated with it. That's part of it because, like, he's shooting 30%, 30-something percent from the field, like 20% from three. Uh, and we're we're actually technically not that far removed from his last dominant play, which was, like, the 2019. Like, peak Draymond was 2019 against the Blazers in the West Finals, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. – he was incredible. 
and that's not that far away actually but because we've been through so much it seems like a long time ago right it seems like a long time ago <laughs> so it's been a while since people right. have seen Draymond kind of just dominate like that so I do think a lot of this has to do with his decline in offense but I also think that's why he's kind of got to take this role better right part of Draymond's value mm-hmm. is the intangible stuff it is that these guys are looking up to you it is that you feel better about Wiseman and Pascal, right? And and uh, Jordan Poole and all these guys and Andrew Wiggins because you're like, yo, Draymond's going to help him, right? Like that's part of his value. And that value increases as his offense decreases, right? Like so part of that is right. he's got to right. be better at that element because he can't fall back on the fact that, yo, I'm giving you 13-7, and the best defense in the world. It's more like I'm giving you four, 11 assists, <laughs> and really great defense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. also, yeah, like, yeah. not elite, yeah, but great. Also, yes. I'm responsible for developing your protege, your protege center, right? And I'm responsible for right. the renovation of Andrew Wiggins, right? And I'm responsible for the top five, a top five defense in the NBA. Like that, all that is part of the package that makes you say we're gonna be okay with 23 percent shooting like although man it it really helped if you make a couple of the layups but (laughs) show up in the playoffs and do this other stuff and you still are man it's it's the it's the russell westbrook corollary with washington like like twenty six percent on threes (laughs) but dude does get double digit rebounds and assists every game so (laughs) yeah and you know and i gotta and i can't lie i can't watching tom brady win a championship on the bucks sometimes we think to ourselves you know he's not gonna have the same type of success outside of the system outside of belichick outside of this they build such a crazy thing over there together why would they mess that up it's never gonna be the same sometimes you do gotta leave the proof to people like no i'm i'm actually a bad effort right right? not that Yeah, yeah. Not that we thought Tom Brady wasn't, although as a Jets fan, I was secretly hoping he would you burn, crash, and fail in Tampa. And of course, he never did. I was praying on it, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't turn out that way for you. Didn't Brady, Brady is a reminder, though. Like, you me, don't want to, man. You know, I will believe Draymond is done when he's done in the playoffs. That's when I'll believe it. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, um, switch, switching lanes a little bit here, Marcus, um, and to keep it on Draymond, but it's it, <laughs> something different that I haven't even gotten to talk to you about yet was it was about a week or a week and a half ago when Draymond stopped this press conference so he could talk about the situation with Andre Drummond, with Blake Griffin, with teams purposely sidelining guys, 
and the mistreatment he felt like players receive on their end uh, when teams don't want them, right? Uh, James Harden forces his way out, and and <laughs> at least Draymond did say, "Look, that was nasty what he did." <laughs> we can we can admit that was nasty did, how right? James like, got <laughs> out of there, but again, um, he got killed for it, and now. The treatment of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, and we've seen it over and over where teams would be like, all right, you don't get to play no more because we get moving on from you. Um, but you need to stay in shape. You need to do all of this stuff. And he's talking about the mistreatment of guys. I was I was very struck by that. Why do you think Draymond went out and said that? <laughs> uh, there's a part of Draymond that wants to be that guy, right? He wants to be the one who says what nobody will say, right? Like, He's, I mean, plus, like, Draymond's going to be a media dude, right? He's he's going to be that guy, right? So I do feel like it bothered him to watch. Uh, the big reason, if there was, like, if we were ranking the reasons, like, number one, I think it's because he got fined by commenting on Devin Booker, you know, while he's doing TNT inside the NBA, right? It's like, you know, I'm not trying to recruit <laughs> this dude. I just said, hey, he should go to another team. <laughs> <laughs> y'all trying to y'all find me like I can't even mention another guy's talk about his career options. Right. Uh, so I do think that was part of it. Uh, but Draymond's going to say like his whole brand is I'm going to say it. Ain't nobody's going to say it. I'm going to say it. You know, what was hilarious was when he was <laughs> when he was explaining why he felt so bad about what he did. Part of his explanation was he said uh, now if you, before this game, the Charlotte game and the, the meltdown. If you Google Draymond, he was like, you would have seen me give one of the most powerful speeches in NBA history. And now if you Google it, you'll get this. And I was like, low key, Draymond just called his speech like one of the most powerful. (laughs) 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 I was like, I was like, word. (laughs) That wasn't wasn't the most humble brag of all time. I mean, I I was just, you just saw me as that guy who gave one of the most powerful speeches. That's that's like me talking to the kids as if I'm Marcus Garvey. Exactly today. right. Exactly. <laughs> like man, you should have heard the speech I gave. Top five all time, dead or alive. But uh, I, I do think it's important that somebody points out the inconsistencies, right? And I think that's why. Sure. And Draymond's got his money, right? Draymond's got his last big contract, so he right. can take these shots. He can right. do it. He. He his contract mm-hmm. is guaranteed. He he's not going to get another big one. He can take these shots, right? So I th- I felt like he was taking one on the chin. I'm sure he talked to Andre Drummond before the game, right? I, like I'm sure he had a conversation. Was like, yo, what's really going on? So I just feel like Draymond was positioning himself to be that guy to say, yo, I I will speak on our behalf. If nobody else will, I'm going to say it. But y'all see what's going on here, right? I got fined. AD got fined. AD, his guy with clutch, right? So he's he's standing up for guys. And that's really who Draymond is. Draymond is a dude who prides himself on standing up for other people uh, who he ride with. So, like, I, I get what he was saying. Now, Waz, I will say, I'm not sure I, okay, he yeah. picked. <laughs> I'm not sure he picked the right guy. <laughs> I'm not sure. In, in Drummond, Drummond. Right? sure. I'm not sure right. he picked right. the right guy as the sympathetic figure. And also, I do feel like even though that is a real employee issue with them, right? That's a real work issue in their realm. 
I'm just not sure how much it's going to hit. In this climate, right? And what we're, we're that's, dealing with. That's what I was going to you know say. Like, I think we're in such a, we're in such a funny sort of in-between moment where the players have never been more successful financially. Um, but we also got to recognize that they didn't get there by being people that complained in the public about their treatment and all of this stuff all the time, right? I think... I think there's a disconnect between the players understanding the sort of, let's face it, acting that they have to do in public to sell who they are to the viewing public. Um, The sort of, you know, sort of like when Kim Kardashian and them calls the paparazzi to take pictures of them pumping gas so that they, so that the the people who love them could be like, celebrities, they're just like us, right? Like there's a certain level of that that these guys need to be doing if they want to continue to make money at this level that I don't think they fully grasp and understand. While obviously I agree with everything Draymond just said, but I think what they need to also remember is that the fans don't feel like their self-interests are aligned with the players. If what they do is root for the laundry, root for the team, root for the seats in that arena, um, they're not the fans are not gonna see themselves as being allies of the players. They're allies of the team, i.e. ownership. And I don't know how Draymond I, I think <laughs> I think the way to do this is not to say this isn't fair. I think it's to actually just say what it is and paint it as the most horrible thing that t- could happen to a person, right? <laughs> to be like to talk about what it's like to talk to somebody in their face and they tell you one thing and then they do something different on the back. And I think they do need to paint themselves as sympathetic figures to engender some type of positive feeling from the quote unquote paying customer. I don't know that how Draymond did it is right. Although obviously I agree with every single thing that he said, even if it was in service of Andre freaking drumming. Yeah, no, you know? no question. Like, what he said is, I mean, it's very obvious, right? There is a clear double standard. And the truth is, he's not just talking about the league, too, right? He's talking about how the viewer responds, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, he's talking about how this thing shapes the perspective, right? And what the perspective ends up being. If a player does it, like, he's selfish. If a team does it, it's business, right? He's he's kind of attacking the paradigm of how we view this thing and it being unfair. I mean, like as someone who is personally like, like, like we were in the middle of dealing with, you know, just, just this monstrosity, right? Like there are people who are trying to get work and are trying to find a way to just sustain. And, you know, I, I forgot who I was listening to. I think it was Bomani Jones. who was like, it was easy to tell other people how they should be acting when we're like sitting behind a computer getting paid. Right. Like, like that's me. Like I haven't lost a nickel through this thing. Right. <laughs> so I'm very conscious right. about right. how I talk about other yep. people. So I, for me, it's just hard. Like if I'm sitting here and I'm struggling and it's like, yo, if I have to deal with this and still get paid, like that's fine. 
to me. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to feel the connection to like, Oh man, that's wrong. They really doing y'all like that. And it's like, people just trying to get paid. <laughs> like the question is, so are you getting paid right now? Okay. Well, and you got to put up, that's all you got to put up with. All right. Well, you know, holla at me when, <laughs> when I can just get paid. Like, I just want to get paid. So for me, I was just like, ah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to sell to an audience that is watching people struggle, right? We're watching what's happening in Texas, right? We're watching all this stuff. And to think, man, that's wrong how they do it, Andre Drummond. <laughs> it's just a hard right. thing to, to land it's, right it's, now. It's, it's right? a hard, it's a hard circle. It's land. a hard square to Absolutely. circle. It's like, know. come on, man. Or circle to square. And he's right, um, though. He's yeah. right, though. It's not just right. a double standard that literally exists and it impacts them. It impacts, like, I mean, think about it. Maybe Brooklyn doesn't do that deal, right? <laughs> if like I, we, were, that's what I was thinking. Harden is killing his chances for a deal, like because he's yep. he looks selfish, right? He's looking like somebody's out there, right? Because our and, natural and then he sat there and garnered the biggest haul uh, ever right. for a trade of a superstar. <laughs> <Right? laughs> so it's like, yo, I mean, I, what he's saying makes a lot of sense, and it needs to be investigated but that, that that just feels like a cba issue like y'all need to work that out like we over here trying to yeah. deal with our employ our own employment issues and they dealing with the edd right like <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so yeah i mean i hmm. feel you that sounds like an issue y'all should bring up in y'all next <laughs> contract talks but as for us over here I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm super personally affected by all this like i got a whole bunch of family nobody got no money everybody trying to find a job so for me personally, it's like, I mean, I feel you mm. salute. I hope you fix that. <laughs> but, I, but I'm over here in these streets. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I, I understand the sort of labor dispute that he's trying to litigate in the press. Right. Because again, they will be blamed when the public sours on the product because James Harden was at a strip club with no mask on instead of reporting to camp on time. Right. Like he's like, we're going to get blamed for that with our business partners in the league. When they say you're hurting the product, you're hurting the perception of the, the, you know, the type of product that we offer, what type of guys you are. Like we're selling you guys as, you know, wholesome, not even just wholesome, but just quality family men, hardworking, dedicated to the job, dedicated to the people they work with. And James Harden is flouting the freaking rules, coming back out of shape, doing it's hard for us to sell the game like that, which I get. Like he's just like, yo, y'all blame us for losing money all the time. And then on top of that, y'all treat us like dirt. It's like, when when are we supposed to get some type of reprieve for being, or some type of, I don't even know, just, just, just freedom for being just freedom. the people that, Like, I want right, to talk about what right. I want to talk about. Like, why are you trying to shut me up, right? right? Like, like that's, right. I'm like, yo, if I'm Draymond, I would have been pissed about that. Like, you mean to tell me that they could openly trade somebody and say we're gonna do this and it's cool and if i <laughs> mention yo that dude gotta get out of phoenix i'm getting fine like that's right that's insane and they have the especially right. the part they right. have the cover of well i didn't say it 
I leak, you know, the media did that. When we know who's leaking it, yeah, double standards, fellas. Double I'll, standards. That's, that's the know. perfect cover. I'm gonna get it to one of the one of the yeah. newsbreakers. You know, let them handle it. So if I'm, especially when you watch Andre Drummond, right, and you hear the report, he's gonna sit. They're gonna trade him. Oh man, where? And there's always this hint of, well, you don't know what the truth is. You don't know the whole story. It's probably true. Like we we know the reporters is usually on point, but there's always that part you don't know because it's all sourcing, right? But then when a dude sitting on a bitch in street mm-hmm. clothes is like nailed it, right? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's so it's facts, right? And yeah. it's like. They basically did no. what players do. That, that, that's literally the example, except right. they leaked it through the media instead of saying it to the recorder. And that, for me, is a bit of hypocrisy. Like, I I get that 1,000%. Like, at least let me Draymond, speak my piece. Draymond's his point was right. His example was wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the point was right. But you, but you can't use so, Harden. Because so I can't get Sally with a guy that... Use- <laughs> Andre Drum. <laughs> you said- I can't get. I can't. I can't. Uh, Harden. I can't get with. I can't get with a dude that 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 basically you know dogged it on his way out of town, and especially to a young black head coach. I'm sorry, I can't mm. get with. That. I mean, yeah, I'm, guys waiting for, waited his whole life for a shot to be listen, an NBA coach. I was with coach. Silas from the beginning. He's waited his whole life. Silas used to be with the Warriors right. way back in the day. Silas is a great dude, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, a great guy. That's you what I'm know, saying. Like, this ain't no fly-by-night dude. This dude's been waiting 15 years for a shot. he didn't do shot. no dirt on the way, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't seedy about it. There was right. no, if you know Steven Silas, right. you know he did everything the absolute right way. <laughs> like, that dude... Is one of the best exactly. humans in the world. So yeah, that that that's thumb. That's all that's I need. No, no question. My, I just, I just couldn't. I can't get with that as the but, but, example. But to me, PA, to would, me, it's, it, doesn't he yeah. have to do that because of the double standard? Like a player can't just be like, "Yo, I kind of want to." Maybe out. I mean, I, I'm will. Yeah, yeah, I'm will. I'm willing to have a discussion about. You know, if you do it the right way and above board and blase blase, do you get what you want? Or do you have to, like, you know, be stank about it and get what you want, you know, to get what you want? And that's a fair question, and it's a fair discussion point. I don't – I'm not saying it's not. I just don't – I just hate it when when star players sabotage. Hmm. And I don't – I'm not saying he was sabotaging Steven Silas, but he sabotaged his ability to get off to a good start. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and if – that's all I'm saying, and so that to me is troublesome. But but then you know and what I, I want, will, you know what I will say though to that da, and you are right, and because it is personal to S- Stephen Silas, a guy who literally worked in the league for 20 years, <laughs> to get yeah. 20 and years of dudes did being it. paid, his dad did it, and he that, didn't take that <laughs> quick rap. You know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> dude, right? This man right. done paid his dues, right? And so. Right. To do him like that is, I hear you. But then I have the counter example of AD, who did it mm-hmm. a different way. And you know what happened? Right. And got killed. Yes. Got killed. Yes. And, and guess what? Yes. New Orleans it, wanted to yes. tank. So they said, yeah, right. we didn't trade you because we were, we were in our feelings. But yeah. you're willing to play and play hard and bust your ass. Yeah. But we want to tank. So we only going to play yeah. you 20 minutes a game. And it right. became this huge, <laughs> it was a joke. 
It was yeah, a joke. Yeah. It was like, no, hold up, hold up now. Fair. I want to play. Yeah. Y'all paying me yeah. to play. I'm going to go out and be excellent. No, 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 no. We trying to get draft <laughs> picks, young man. Sorry. It was like, yo, what no, the? No, that's fair. You know what that's I mean? That's fair. That's fair. And like I said, maybe you do have to be stank to get it what you kinda, want. It feels you do, that do. way at times. You, yeah. Like, think yeah. about it. In what universe, if, if just say there was a point at some point that Steph was unhappy, right? Uh, let's just say mm-hmm. he wanted to go home to Charlotte, right? And maybe he didn't right, like the right. ownership. Maybe it was, you know, who knows, whatever the reason. How is he going to make that happen under contract? <laughs> right. Like, he, he yeah. can't. He'd That's have fair. to, he'd have to I, make I it so. Wrong. He'd I have to go Steven Jackson, who was the master of this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I can't. I can't. I can't say you're. I'm not. I'm not killing Harden for it. I just wish. I just think there was collateral damage there that maybe he didn't think about. That's all. You know, and and it just it just troubles me. That's all. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I know. I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. But let's let's get to these questions because people did send in good, not stupid questions this week. And I want to get to a couple of them because Waz has to go do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> we do this every week. We do this every week. We, no, we say it's, very, it's, it's, very it's simply, question, don't so. ask stupid <laughs> questions. Now, Marcus, this is, this will be an example of a stupid question. Like the Warriors, you know, they need another score. So why can't they trade Kelly Oubre to, you know, why can't they trade him to Dallas for Luca? That's a good trade. That's a good trade for I mean, both teams. Trade machine. See, that's yeah. a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like stupid questions, so don't send us stupid questions. All right, we got we got a few this week. Tuck wagon. We'll start with Tuck wagon. Speaking of Houston, he says, "What do you think of Houston pulling the plug on the Boogie Cousins experiment at this point in time, and where do you think a good landing spot would for him would be if there is one?" And that's a good question. Um, I don't know. This, the short answer is I can't come up immediately with a team that I that I think he would just slide in and be be great with. I mean, I think there's like to me, like could Boston use a big man? Yeah, they could. They need one. They do. <laughs> um, does he fit with the guys he would be playing yeah. with on a second yeah. unit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I'm not sure. You know. 
I mean, Boogie, and I'm, I'm not being critical, but you got to give him the ball for him to be effective, right? I mean, you got to give him multiple touches for him to be effective. And I don't know who's rocking like that anymore in the NBA. I, I thought Boston too. Yeah, so yeah. Well, that's a tough. One. Yeah, I mean Boston comes to mind. It, Boston need, what, they, but what they want is a big who's gonna defend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah. it's tough because yeah. I thought this Houston thing was gonna work for him, being mm-hmm. reunited with John Wall, having available yeah. minutes. Obviously, Christian Wood is the guy there. But there yeah, was, he's been great. There's no reason Boogie couldn't have played 20 minutes a night, you know, against yeah. inferior bench units and cooked. But it seems like he doesn't have it on offense. He's never really been Bill Russell. Let's face it, yeah, on yeah, defense. Yeah. So it's tough, man. It's it's tough. Maybe maybe a team. I, I wouldn't even say a team like Charlotte could use him realistically. Yeah, it'd be like a Orlando possibly. Maybe yeah, you know. Maybe. You know what I say for these situations? If you if it, there's a tough landing spot, Sacramento. For you, <laughs> just nah, kidding. Man. Yeah, San that's Antonio. not gonna happen. Papa fix it. Just go go. Yeah, mm, San Antonio. Papa, Papa fix. Yeah. yeah. Ahead, Pop, yeah. Let's let's see how great Papa you are, Pop. Like let's that. go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Papa fix. I like that. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, whether it's him or Blake or Andre Drummond, I mean, you can see the same type of guys are available now, you know, kind of immobile bigs. that don't, don't really score that much anymore, you know, um, or don't score from the outside anyway, I'll put it that way. So I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Tuck wagon. Um, Liam Davis temple. What do the Timberwolves need to do to become a competent <laughs> franchise? Competent ownership. Competent ownership. Period. It starts at the top. DA. Yeah. Starts at the top. Yeah. They had one damn season with with KG, Sam I am, Spree, and all of them, Troy Hudson and all of them. Right. 150 games and, and was a competitive championship, almost quality type of level right. of team. Then they had the one year with Jimmy Buckets. Right. And that's it. <laughs> the the that's entire it. history of the franchise ever. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. and that no, was the eighth right. seed. They would have been better, but Jimmy was hurt and all of that. They were probably the level of a fifth seed that year. But yeah. two seasons, one fifth seed level to other. I think that KG year they won like fifty two games, which is like yeah, yeah. Let's you know, face they got it, to the conference finals. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, that was it. That's ownership. <laughs> when you go yeah. that long a time of stinking the joint up, what's the common denominator? Ownership. Yeah. And, nah. and the biggest tale. Glenn Taylor got to go, the y'all. The biggest tale is like, he actually spent money. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like right. you can see if he right. wasn't spending money, it's like, oh, you just cheap. You know, like we got that with the A's, right? The right, A's right, 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 right. Bro, they called him the big ticket right, for right. a reason, right? They, they've been shelling out money <laughs> and they just be, they just keep getting in their own way with these blunder moves. Like, even even how yeah. they got the coach, yeah. like gonna, that's come on, man. That's not how you yeah. go get a coach. We're gonna we're gonna talk about how they how they did my band Vanderpool dirty up there in a minute, but um, that's that's probably another topic for another day. Um, yeah, no, I can't I can't disagree with what y'all said. I mean, there is one common denominator, and he still owns the team, um, and that has to at some point be part of the discussion point. Uh, Kike RG says, are the wizards for real? <laughs> Get a local parochial question in here. Um, 
But then you got to define what for real is. Right. You mean like not sucking? Is that what you mean? No <laughs> matter what, no matter what they mean, the answer is yes. The wi- <laughs> don't right. p- pick the reason. Right. Yes, the Wizards are for real. Let's go. Yeah. Eleven and seventeen. What? Yes. <laughs> Eleven wins already. <laughs> what? Dude, it's unbelievable that the Wizards could win five games in a row and people think they, they should have a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I've heard from people I ain't heard from three when, years. Wizards won five games in a row. When the last time the Wizards been three like, games out the playoffs games? this late in the season? <laughs> Probably the last time they made the playoffs, right? Oh, 2017, whenever that was. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous how, how little success is required for people to lose their damn minds about the Wizards. They're playing better. Russ is healthier now. So they're playing better. They're actually guarding people. So that that helps. Not giving up a buck 35 every night helps. Um, so they're trying to play better defense. Um, does that make them a seven seed in the East? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I think they yeah, have enough we'll to see. do that. Wizards yeah. going to the playoffs. Yeah. You need to go ahead and book I mean, this now. Book it. Yeah, I mean, they just need to make the playoffs to keep Brad happy, at least for a year, you know. So Book it, buddy. Um, that would be a – yeah, well, I'll tell you what. That bro can make – that bro can score now. Oh, he man. is a three-level scorer now. Hey, hey y'all. Um, watching him in crunch time against the Lakers last night, I'm Yo. like, what do you do one-on-one against this kid? You, like, you what, what are you supposed to do? Dude. How are you, you supposed to guard, guard him? him? You're not guarding yeah. this dude. Like How? This. No, no. <laughs> No, he give it to you any way you want. Right he's now. gonna kill he's you. He's gonna murder yeah. if you play up on him. He's gonna take it to the rack, and he has enough man, strength strong, now. He has yo. harnessed his. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah. He's harnessed yeah. his strength and such. He knows how to leverage that. He got the crazy step back. He's got the. Mm. If you you know you do your little drop coverage, he's gonna pull up in the mid range yeah. from three. Like what? Like what are you how, gonna do? It's not that fouls. many dudes in this fouls. league where when they shoot, you think no. it's going in. Like, he's one of yeah, them dudes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't expect him to miss. Facts. He's one of the dudes. It's crazy. Facts. Yeah, and no, the few no, no. times we got to see him in the playoffs, he proved that he's a gamer. He's a 16-game yeah. guy, too. So, yes, I yes, don't know. I'm is. a big yes, fan of Bradley Bills, man. I, I hope see they get to the playoffs and, yeah. and and play. And, you know, if they can get avoid the one seed, you know, I mean, or the, I should say the eight seed, I should say. Um, I think they could actually be competitive with just about everybody in the in the East. Um, I'm not saying they're going to beat anybody in the first round, but I think they could be competitive if Russ is healthy. If Russ is healthy um, and he's healthier now. Let's finish up with Seer, S-E-E-R, wants to know, do athletes have a role in social justice? If athletes are using their resources to elevate their communities and work within that, within, that's fine. But if they put themselves at the center of movements, these easily become co-opted BLM became slogans on jerseys. Now these easily become co-opted period. BLM became slogans on jerseys. Um, fair questions here. I think local is the, is the way to go. I don't think you can do much nationally. I really don't. I don't think there's a whole lot that you can do nationally as, as a player group to foment the kind of societal change that I think Sear. I mean, look, I, uh, I, I listen to everything Wise says and, he said something on a yep. different pod that just made incredible sense when he said it. But they're 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 playing the game like they're not rich. <laughs> they're doing it like they're right. community they're rich, organizers. They're not like they're not nah, like if they want to yeah. make the change, do it in a boardroom. Do it get in the meetings where you know the yeah. backroom deals and all that. But they're trying to be 
the front line in the streets advocates. And if that's the case, yeah, do it, do it in your city. I, I think there are a million ways they can do this. Do they have a responsibility? I mean, it kind of depends on where they're from, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure some of their hoods will say they do have a responsibility, but I mean, is Steph responsible? <laughs> like that's, that's on him to decide, right? Like he, he came right. for money, right? So I'm not going to say, he, yeah. you always say, don't forget where you came from. Like he came from a pretty nice spot. So I don't know <laughs> what he has to do, but <laughs> this idea of them being like the ones in the front lines with the picket, like they, they rich for that, man. They written their contribution is the ability to go to get access to places and people and all that stuff that people can't get to. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think they need to do. Right. Did I get it right? Was? Yeah. And I, I want to add something to that about what you guys said locally. Um, because of the diversity of player in the NBA. And what I mean by that is not typical diversity when you talk about, you know, a guy's skin color. I'm talking about the diversity of what it means to be Quinn Cook and what it means to be LeBron James in the mm-hmm. NBA, right? Like, that's just right. completely different meanings of job, title, <laughs> description, right, right. all of that yeah. stuff, right? Um, I'm thinking about Bessemer, Alabama right now. I just saw Danny Glover is going to the Amazon factory down there because they're trying to unionize for better wages, for health care, for all of these things from Amazon, the richest company in the world, right? right. These people, right. black women mostly at this factory. Um, yeah. And yeah, Danny Glover's down there trying to help them out. You know, I would love to see Boogie Cousins go down there. I would love to see Eric Bledsoe go down there. People who are from Alabama who would bring you know, a microscope, a microscope and shine a light on this because the bottom line is all the sloganeering and kneeling and fist pumping and all of that type of stuff is great and it's cool and it looks great on camera, but that shit don't materially change nobody's lives. Like these yeah. women and the men down there at this factory um, whose lives would be changed, financial security, um, a pension, all of these things, again, for the richest company in the world. Jeff Bezos would still be richer than God, still own trillions of private planes, still be whoever the hell he wants to be while allowing the, you know, the material circumstances of these people's lives to be changed would be the case. And, you know, part of me is like, I don't know if LeBron James could do that. He's so intertwined with the power structure. You know, like, like, could could LeBron James go against Amazon? Like, would it be in his best business interest to do that? I don't know that he could, but I think other NBA players could because they're not, you know, in partnership with Warner Brothers, right? Like, sure, LeBron James takes an adversarial tone against one set of oligarchs in the NBA, (laughs) right? (laughs) But Nike's his freaking partners. In another context, right? So I don't know if LeBron James can actually go against Amazon in a credible fashion because of who he is. The man's a damn near billionaire himself. But I think other NBA players could, honestly. I really do. He's he's doing it locally. LeBron's doing it locally. He's doing it in Akron. There you go. with the school and with all the with the jobs that he's providing right. to people, and I and I think and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fine. Do it where you can have some real impact, and he's impacting the local community and people who live there. So, 
man, Marcus, thank you, man. We got to get Wise out of here so he can go talk to the school. So, <laughs> thank you, guys. Man, appreciate you. Appreciate you both as always. Y'all leave us that five-star review. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Hoops Adjacent. See you.